Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, Jess here. Welcome to our very first bonus episode. It's been so exciting for me watching this podcast grow over the past 12 weeks. When I first asked Mia to do this with me, I had no clue how it would turn out, but I've been really excited by the response so far and where we're at. I've really loved seeing your comments and the messages I've been getting on our socials. Due to some scheduling conflicts, last week Mia and I weren't able to get together. So this one's just going to be me. At this point, we're about halfway through season one and the first season of the podcast. So I wanted to take a chance to talk a little bit about some of my thoughts on the show and some of the discussions we've been having so far. I have a couple notes written down beyond this little intro that I want to hit on, but for the most part, I'll just be going off the cuff on this one. So I guess I'll start out with saying what my top three episodes have been so far. I will say that before we started recording, the only one of these episodes that was listed as a favorite of mine was Dead Man Dating. I still adore that episode, but I think if I had to pick my top three from the first 10 episodes, they would be first, The Truth is Out There and It Hurts. I think that's one of the strongest episodes of the season at least that we've seen so far. After that, I would, of course, have to go with The Witch's Back. And then I'll go back to Dead Man Dating. That might just be a personal preference of mine and my love for the character Mark driving that more so than it actually being one of the strongest storylines in the season. I think Wicca Envy might actually be a stronger episode Something Wicca This Way Comes might also be a stronger episode from a writing standpoint, but I do love Dead Man Dating um, so much. I'll also say that I went into this season absolutely hating Dream Sorcerer, and after Mia and I's conversation on that episode, I actually did get some insight into what the writers might have been trying to do and what the goals of that episode might have actually been. 
So I'll say that even though I will never consider that one of my favorite episodes in the series, I don't hate it anymore. I've also always really loved The Wedding from Hell, but after talking about it, I realized just how many plot holes there are in that episode. And there are a lot of things I'm noticing throughout season one so far that I recognize don't continue on throughout the series, and I'm excited to talk about those things as they continue to come up. I don't think there's been any episodes so far that I absolutely would hate rewatching again. I've enjoyed this almost first half of the season, and I will say that there are a lot of really great episodes coming up, and I'm really excited to talk about a lot of them, both in the second half of season one and beyond in the series. The next thing I'll cover are my top three villains of the season so far. I will say that we haven't met any of my all-around favorite villains from the series yet. I think Mia and I dropped a lot of little hints about some villains that are coming up that we really enjoy when we were discussing The Witch's Back. But I'll say that my favorite villain of this season, if you couldn't have guessed by everything I had to say about him during The Witch's Back, is Matthew Tate. My second favorite, I think I'm going to go with Javna. One, because of his iconic line that lives forever in both mine and Mia's brain, but also because I really enjoy his storyline. I think that there's something really interesting about both Stefan and Javna in that episode, as we see kind of what makes them the same and what makes them different. The obsession with, you know, youth and beauty and all things fancy is something that I think really works for a villain arc. And, you know, the fear of aging is something that I think is societally driven. So the character goes beyond just being a monster of the week. And there's kind of this deeper message, at least for me, that hits with that villain. And then my last villain of the season that I'm going to pick is, I'm going to go with Callie. We haven't had a whole lot of solo female, uh, like female villains this season. We've had, of course, the Rex and Hannah dynamic. We had Cinda and the two men as a dynamic. I think the only solo kind of women monsters we've seen were Hecate, if we want to count her, because she was technically part of a group, but they were all women, so I'll give them that. And then, of course, we have Callie. I think that her manipulations and kind of the charm to her character that's able to engage a young girl like Aviva, who is so desperate for a family and a connection, is really effective in creating a villain. I think a lot of what we might consider to be real-life villains have a lot of the traits that Callie does. And her ability to kind of use all those things about herself in order to entice Aviva and get her to do basically evil at her beck and call is something that is really interesting to me. And as a character study, I just think that Callie has so much to offer. Sort of the evil witch phenomenon is something I want to talk about as we see more characters like her in the show. I'm really interested in how the show portrays women not just as heroes, but as villains. And so that's why I'm kind of choosing Callie as my third 
favorite monster of the season so far. All right, so I'll start by saying that in earlier watches, I always felt that I related to Phoebe the most, but this time around, I'm definitely finding myself connecting with Piper a lot more. Part of that might be that the age Piper is at in season one is the exact same age I am right now, right? Like we're both in that 25, 26 age group. I think a lot of what she's going through are things that I'm experiencing too. Over the last two years, I've been really trying to figure out my career, kind of start my path into that. I've had some interesting, you know, kind of relationships in the last couple of years with both friends and family and romantically that I think kind of helped connect me to her character as well. But more than anything, I think it's a lot of her personality traits are things that I see in myself. I think kind of her nervousness about something new is something I really relate to. The way that she is kind of this people pleaser, a little bit more quiet. I think Mia's called me out multiple times over the course of the episodes for having these similar traits. There are definitely things I can see in myself. And sometimes there are things I really like about myself. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, want to change. But I definitely really love Piper's character. The way she is in these early episodes, we see her as kind of this very sweet, very dedicated, but strong person. She's always willing to stand up for her sisters. When she takes a chance, she really goes for things. I think it takes her a while to get there. We saw that in her relationship with Leo. We've also seen it in her work relationships. And Piper has this really strong desire to take care of people. A lot of times we see that in her, you know, offering food or other types of help to people. And I think that that's something that I do too. I'm definitely the type of person who will go out of my way to do things big or small for people I care about. And sometimes this includes, you know, dropping whatever I'm doing in that moment to be there for someone else. And I think that's something I also see in Piper. I like the way that she's growing into someone who's starting to understand both magic and herself. I loved seeing her grow into this relationship with Leo where for the first time she feels confident enough to be the one to make the first move, to be the one to ask him out and to really just put herself out there again after having, you know, the awful situation that she had with Jeremy and then the heartbreak she experienced from that one episode she shared with Mark. I think that the connection she found with Leo is very different than the connection she found with Mark in that she and Mark were two people who were kind of in the same place, had a lot in common, and really connected over this mutual interest in something that allowed both of them to take care of people and to take care of themselves ultimately. I think where the connection between her and Leo comes from is that they do have this similar, I think Mia brought it up a few episodes ago, almost innocent, sweet kind of vibe to them. But at the same time, they do have these key differences that I think are ultimately going to serve them as a couple. To me personally, I like, find myself most often interested in people who are very different than me, who, you know, have different interests, who like things that aren't necessarily my favorite things, because I feel like it gives me more of an opportunity to learn something new. 
I wouldn't want to be with someone who's exactly like me. I think that that would be kind of boring and I don't know. It just, it's never been something I've been drawn to. I like that Leo is someone who's shown to be very caring. We don't know exactly where his character is going. Of course, in the most recent episode, Wicca Envy, we saw him using magical powers, but I think we don't necessarily know what that means yet. And it's something I'm really excited to find out. When it comes to their relationship overall, I will say that I am definitely all aboard. I really hope that he's coming back and that they're going to be able to work things out. I want to see the two of them together for a couple reasons. The first is that Piper and him seem to have this really great connection in that when we see Piper's nervousness, we see that also reflected in Leo, but I think sometimes he is able to be more confident and be a little bit more willing to take charge, which I think is something Piper needs some of the time. We saw that in Wicca Envy the morning after they had slept together and when he was leaving, of course, she kind of was in this awkward, like, what happens now type of moment and the way that he kind of pulls her in and kisses her and kind of gives this little bit of reassurance that everything is still great between them was really just great for me to watch. Of course, I was completely heartbroken by the final scenes in that episode when he, of course, tells her that he needs to go back home. And I'm really interested to see how Piper's going to deal with this almost end of a relationship. He does make that promise to her that he's going to come back and that nothing can keep him away from her for too long. And I wonder where that leaves Piper as far as the rest of the episodes up until we might see him come back. Does Piper consider herself single now? Will Piper date someone else in the meantime while he's gone? When exactly will he come back? What's going to happen when he returns? These are all the questions I'm left with at the end of this episode. And so I'm really excited to see how this plotline will continue and where things are going for the two of them, but especially for Piper. The second relationship I guess I have to talk about, which is probably the other biggest relationship in the show so far, is, of course, Prue and Andy. Early episodes, I was really drawn to their connection. I think part of it is just the incredible chemistry that exists between T.W. King and Shannon Doherty. Every time they're on screen together, even in the scenes where one or both of them is driving me absolutely insane. They're just so perfect to watch. I'm just so drawn to everything the two of them do together on screen. The last couple of episodes, I've made it pretty clear that I'm not vibing with Andy. I do have hope that he can redeem himself to me eventually, but at this point I haven't forgiven him and I don't think Prue quite has either. I'm interested to see whether things will ever resume romantically for them or if it's been ruined forever by one, the secret, and two, his behavior after their breakup. I think that something that drew me to this relationship is I've always had a, I guess we'll say an affection for 
relationships and stories where the characters are sort of these exes or kind of these childhood crushes who lost their chance at one point but kind of get the second chance at love together. That's a connection that I love seeing in stories and so I was instantly drawn to the two of them. We find out very early on that they had this relationship in high school and maybe in some of their college years and then they're reconnecting in their later 20s and getting to know each other all over again. I like that there is a bit of a slow build in the beginning. Like we get a lot of them liking each other, but a lot of Prue's kind of uncertainness about the relationship, which I think does revolve mostly around her secret of being a witch, which ultimately leads to them not being able to be together, which is really sad, you know? I think that in the episodes where we saw the strong connection between them, it's really hard to see how quickly they went from that to kind of the destruction over just a couple of episodes. But I will say that overall, I enjoyed their relationship. I enjoyed their time together. And I do hope that whether they end up fixing things or not, that Prue does end up happy. I've mentioned this. I know I brought it up in episode one, and I think also in our meet your host episode but Prue has never been a character who I felt super connected to I've never disliked Prue I want to make that very clear I have always seen her more as a character who I think for me part of what gave me trouble connecting to Prue is the way she's always portrayed as the leader and kind of this very strong person. I think watching the show as a younger viewer, I wasn't feeling quite as connected to her. I think now at the point of my life I'm at and just in this watch and our discussions, I'm realizing where a lot of Prue's behaviors come from. And I think it's making her feel a lot more relatable to me. For example, I don't think it ever dawned on me in previous watches just how much weight Prue puts on her own shoulders. We've talked a lot about her kind of taking on this role as the mother to her sisters and having to grow up so early. I think a lot of that is where both her strength and her weaknesses lie. I think that Prue is extremely driven. She's confident. She's very well-spoken. She doesn't really take shit from anybody, which are all things I really admire about her. I also really admire the way that she is so willing to protect her sisters, even in moments where she may not necessarily like them. She's always going to love them, and she's always going to do whatever she can to make sure that they're safe before her. Even in the scene where, you know, she is kind of cornered by Andy in the car, and he's asking her all these questions, and she won't open up to him, and he, she finally says, this isn't just me. This is Piper and Phoebe, and we get this sense that even if she had to lose something in herself, she would never let anything bad happen to the two of them. And I think that's something I really respect about Prue. I also, of course, have loved seeing her as this very successful, very powerful woman in the workplace. We don't know exactly where her career future lies now that Rex and Hannah are gone and what exactly is going to happen to Buckland's now. 
But I think seeing the difference between her at the museum where she was doing all this work and then, of course, Roger was taking the credit for it versus seeing her at Buckland's where she's very aware of her talents, her strengths, and she seems to have this very great control and success that she's finding in her career there. So I hope that, you know, if this is what matters to Prue, that she's just going to keep doing better and better. And then let's talk about Phoebe. So for me, Phoebe has always been a character I've really enjoyed. Part of it, I think, is the fact that I've had a small crush on Alyssa Milano probably since I was a child. So I've always been drawn to Phoebe's character, one, for that reason, and two, for the fact that she is this free spirit. I think we see that a lot in the early episodes, but there's also so much more to her than that. And I think we've all felt the way she does, where people have spent time putting us into a particular box and we have to figure out just how to break out of that and just how difficult it is to break out of something like that. I think we see her growing so much throughout the season, but I think a lot of the traits that are being considered growth for Phoebe are traits that she already had. They're just coming out in new ways throughout the season. Even in the very first episode, we see that she is this intelligent, driven young woman. We see her taking an immediate interest in magic. We see her learning more and more and more about this topic. And then we see her figuring things out throughout the season. Phoebe's incredibly clever. She always seems to be the one making the connection between what the bad guy is doing and what they have to do to solve the problem. We also see that she's, you know, very confident. She's very willing to take chances. And I think those are both admirable traits about her. You know, when Prue was talking about what she admires about Phoebe, I think a lot of the way Prue felt is the same way I felt. I wouldn't necessarily consider Phoebe to be reckless or horribly rebellious in any way. I see her more as someone who is young and is still learning. And so that makes me really excited about where her storyline is going. At this point, we see Phoebe is 22, maybe 23. She's recently returned to her home city. She's connected with her sisters again. She's figured out this magical destiny. She's not working. We found out she dropped out of college. Now, are either of those things necessarily bad? No, of course not. But I am interested in seeing where her life is going. For both Prue and Piper at this point, we have established careers. We have relationships that started and potentially ended. We haven't seen either of those things for Phoebe. We don't necessarily know what job or what passion Phoebe wants to pursue. It could even be that she wants to be a witch full-time. Maybe she doesn't want to work in the mortal world. But if she does have some type of career ambition, I'm really interested to find out what that is. I'm really interested to see if she'll be pursuing something like that later in this season. We saw her looking for a job in Wicca Envy. We saw her have an interest in this fashion magazine. So I wonder if she may end up in some type of career like that, or if it'll be something totally different. I'm also interested in whether or not we'll see any 
relationships for Phoebe coming up. Without getting into spoiler territory, Phoebe does not stay single for the entirety of the show, but I'm interested to see kind of what early relationships might be, what serious relationships might be for her, and how she's going to grow as a young woman. I think that she's in a different place than both her sisters who have started to establish their adult lives, and so I'm really excited to see Phoebe starting to do that either over the rest of this season or in the next couple of seasons. And, you know, now that I'm talking a little bit about the future and what I'm looking forward to, I'll say that for Prue, I'm really interested in exploring what happens next with her job. I'm interested in exploring what happens as she continues to grow as a witch. I think we've seen her taking on this role of sort of the leader and the one who has to step in front of the bad guys. But I'm interested to see if she'll take more of an interest in just learning the history the way Phoebe has been doing. Or if she'll take some type of interest, we found out in The Witch's Back that they can create their own spells. I wonder if that's something that will interest Prue. I've really seen her character as someone who does take an interest in things and is ambitious and knows a lot. So I wonder if that's something that she'd find sort of a connection to at some point. Or if maybe that'll be one of the other sisters or all three of them. For Piper, I think what I'm looking forward to most is seeing her continue to grow at Quake. We see her in this managerial role, which I don't think is necessarily what she wanted going into it. She wanted very much to be a chef. So I wonder if this is a position that she'll continue working at just because it's where she ended up or if she'll go back to her roots. Um, I'm interested in seeing how the connection between her cooking and her potion making could continue to grow throughout the show. And of course, I'm interested in just the connections between the three of them growing. We've seen so far very strong connection between Piper and Prue and Piper and Phoebe. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been starting to see this connection forming more and more between Prue and Phoebe. So I'm really interested in seeing that friendship continue to develop. And I'm interested in seeing the way that they react in different pairs. In The Truth is Out There and It Hurts, we got our first sort of power of two moment where Piper and Prue had to face a demon, just the two of them. I wonder if more situations like that will come up in the future and how they'll be handled. I think it's becoming clear that, you know, it can't be the three of them together at every moment. So I'm interested in seeing moments where they have to battle evil either individually or in pairs of two and how that turns out for them. I'm interested in seeing new villains. And as far as season-long arcs go, I'm wondering, now that we've gotten rid of Rex and Hannah, is there another big bad of the season? Is there another multi-episode villain that we'll be seeing coming up? Or will we be going back to the Monster of the Week style? When they were being killed and also in The Witch's Back, we get this idea that they work for somebody else. I'm wondering who this person is or this demon or whatever, and just how high up he is in the hierarchy of evil. I don't think we've quite established what the rules are between good and evil yet. We know that the Hallowells are good witches. We've seen them battle multiple different forms of evil, demons, warlocks, and other monsters that have come up. But I'm really wondering how the universe as a whole is set up. I'm wondering if there are higher up beings in the witch world who will meet and if there is potentially some connection between these higher ups and leo 
who we're assuming has good magic at this point, but we don't know exactly who he is, if he's a witch too, or if he's something else entirely. I'm wondering whether there is some big bad in the demon world that controls not just Rex and Hannah, but maybe other demons too. And if we'll see more villains come up who are working for this same he who has not been named as of yet. I wonder how each of their season-long arcs will progress. I feel like most of season one is very one monster per week and we move on to the next thing. We haven't seen many recurring storylines as far as their witchcraft goes, other than the fact that their powers are growing and they are developing as witches. Most of what we've seen as recurring storylines have related more to the girls' personal or career lives, which is, you know, something I'm very interested in following as well. I'm just wondering if there will be a season-long magical storyline or if that's something we won't see until potentially later seasons. I guess the next two characters I'll talk about are our other main characters, which are, of course, Andy and Daryl. I've made some of my feelings on their portrayal and the portrayal of police as sort of this very good force in general. Clear throughout the episodes, I'm sure I'll continue to do so without getting into spoilers. You know, cops are going to continue to be a part of this show through the end of the series. Some will be better, some will be worse but we will get these law enforcement characters throughout. At this point, I've mentioned that I haven't forgiven Andy for his behavior in The Witch's Back. The show very much seems to have by Wicca Envy wanted me to, but I'd like to see, you know, whether it continues to sweep his behavior under the rug with just small references to it here and there, or if he does ultimately redeem himself in some way that allows me to totally forgive him. I've also talked a little bit about how so far I haven't found a true connection to Daryl's character. I'm interested in seeing how I connect to him as the storylines continue. I will say that having seen this whole series multiple times, Daryl is a fan favorite. He has also always been a character that I've enjoyed having around. It's just that so far in season one, those qualities that I'll come to love about him haven't necessarily been presented to me yet. So I am waiting to get there with this character. As far as their relationship with each other, I really enjoyed watching it grow throughout the season. When we first meet them in Something Wicca This Way Comes, it's pretty clear that they're new to being partners. They don't know each other super well yet. But over the course of the last 10 episodes, we've seen that connection grow. We've seen them go from just co-workers to also seeming to have this friendship and care for one another. Especially we see Daryl asking questions about Andy's life and wanting to protect him when he is going off the rails, such as in The Witch's Back. We've seen their banter get a lot stronger. We've seen the chemistry between them growing. And I really love seeing them as a pair. I know that we'll get to see more of them throughout the rest of the season as they continue to develop. And of course, as we know, there are no other cops in San Francisco, so we will continue to see the two of them on cases that somehow involve the girls throughout the rest of the season. I guess to wrap things up, I'll just say that these first few episodes have really 
served as a good introduction into the universe, into the sisters. I've loved seeing all the growth that we've seen so far. And I'm very much looking forward to where all these storylines are going. I think that not every first season of a show from this time period when we had so many episodes and there was so much filler is quite so strong. I think some of the things that make Charm so special and why it has lasted so long, why people continue to rewatch it, why we're all here together talking about or listening to it now is there's just these very human connections between people that I feel like are so universal and whether, you know, we're watching this show in 1998, in 2022, or 50 years from now, there's something about the way people interact with each other, about the way people love each other, that will always resonate. I think shows about magic are ultimately shows about life, and getting to see these sort of real-world issues, real-world fears portrayed in this different light that allow us to explore them in these senses of good versus evil is really interesting. It's something that I look forward to continuing to talk about as we go on in the rest of the season and the rest of the series. And ultimately, it's just, it's just what connects me to the show. I love seeing the relationships between the sisters. I love, of course, the romantic relationships. And I just love the way that the show captures what it is to be a young woman, I think that a lot has changed since the late 90s when this show started, but a lot has also remained the same. And so being able to see the way that these young women were interacting with the world around them, thinking about the way that I, my sisters, everyone I know interacts with the world around us now, it's interesting. It's something interesting to talk about. It's something interesting to take a look back on and study. And it just, it gives me a lot to think about and a lot to say, which of course is why I'm doing the podcast and why I'm so grateful to have all of you here with us listening in and sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for listening to this week's bonus episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Next week, we have one more bonus episode for you before we get back to our regularly scheduled recaps on May 6th with season one, episode 11, Feats of Clay.